Welcome to the Cutting Edge podcast. My name is Guglielmo Reggio. I have a background in philosophy, physics, machine learning, and a little bit of neuroscience, all subjects that I've studied with the purpose of unveiling the mystery of the mind and how it emerges from the brain. Although these are my, let's say, academic interests, I am fascinated by any human being that adventures beyond the boundaries of the non-reality and questions the status quo in any field whether it's science, music, art, or the actual physical world. I apologize if the quality of my questions or of the audio recording are not perfect. Hopefully I will become better with practice, but please any feedback is highly appreciated. James Lovelock is an English independent scientist, environmentalist and futurist. To list only a few of his numerous achievements, he has a PhD in medicine, He's a fellow of the Royal Society and worked at NASA, Harvard University and Shell. In this episode we talked about his fundamental influence on the topic of climate change, his career as an independent scientist, and also about space exploration, logic and many other topics. It's been one of the most interesting conversations I've ever had and I hope you will enjoy it too. I took chemistry and physics yeah. uh, there, and at the end of the uh, second week that I was a student, I was called in to see the professor, who was a very good professor, he uh-huh. was a young man, about your age, I should think. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't be young. <laughs> um, and he won a Nobel Prize, he mm. was a really good um, chemist, and he said, your time's up, Lovelock. Uh, uh, we're not keeping you here any longer. Um, we don't keep students who cheat. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so he said, I said, what do you mean cheat? He said, uh, first year students never get the right answer from uh-huh. uh, an analysis. For... And certainly never twice running. <laughs> you must have looked up the answer in the invigilator's <laughs> notebook. And he said, you were very foolish. <laughs> since you put down two figures, you could have at least changed them a little bit and made it look as if you'd done them. Yeah. <laughs> but professors always like to uh, give for granted that uh, students right. have cheated in, in a way. So... Well, it took, him, took me quite a time to convince him that I'd been working during the previous two years mm-hmm. as a lab technician and had learnt to, okay. to, to do yes. that analysis so that I could do it in a sleep nearly. Yeah. And uh, then we asked the question, well, what are the students being taught? Be- and be- it, the yeah. answer was clearly to answer examination questions, uh, nothing else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And uh, yeah, because I, I know that you, you, you didn't go directly to university. You, um, you started first working uh, in, 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 in a um, um, uh, photograph company, am, am, am I right? Uh, yeah, I worked for a firm of consultants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they took in jobs from anywhere, yeah. from Kodak, from uh, anything to do with photography, from the synthesis of, of dyes, mm-hmm. colour photography, uh, all the way right through to 
the production of gelatin. Okay. It was used as a substrate for the film uh, yep. particle, the silver, uh, mainly bromide particles, I think, that were used to sense the mm -hmm. incoming light. And uh, it, it was a wonderful place. Uh, the, we were indoctrinated right from the beginning. You must always get things right. Uh, uh, and if you have any difficulty, don't hesitate to come and see us, and we'll show you the right way to do it. Yeah. And so, but you must never, ever get it wrong, because people's lives, people's mm. uh, welfare, everything can depend yeah. on it, the answer. It's not just a, a university examination question. Yeah. It's, a, it's a matter of life and death. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that was wonderful training. Mm -hmm. And it, it's as science should be done. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, br I brought here a, um, uh, a analog uh, uh, photograph machine, which uh, um, I, I recently received uh, as, as a gift. And uh, it, it was my first time. And I'm, I'm so used to taking pictures with my phone now. And, uh, and it's digital. And it's, uh, it's just one button. And, and it takes the, the picture. And, and the analog camera requires so um, there's so many knobs that need to be turned, and uh, and you cannot see the final result uh, before you actually uh, develop your film, and, um, and and so there's so much uh, intuition that is uh, that is involved in, in in taking an analog picture because you kind of have to imagine what's gonna be and. Uh, um, and this is something that that in, that in fact I, I I will I will want to ask you later is uh, your, your your idea of uh, of intuition uh, uh, with respect to uh, linear thought and logic. Um, but but first I would like to ask you a, a little bit about about your life because um, um, you you really have have lived through um, arguably one of one of the most incredible periods of uh, of human history. And um, yes, well, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But I was even luckier yeah. because my father was effectively a hunter gatherer. Yes, I've read that. This is amazing. Yes. So you yes. even have connection with more ancient times. I mean, That's right. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he taught me all about the ecosystems of all the living things. Yes. Uh, and uh, all of the different plants and whatnot. Uh, so I got a, a, a strange naturalistic teaching right at the earliest yeah. stage as yeah. a small boy getting uh, walks with him yeah and and um absolutely i have i have for example a uh, a, a great grandmother which uh, um she was born in the uh, 1900 precisely and uh, um and and she lived uh, all the way um up and up until the 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 21st century and um and and i always um, she always told me about when she was born. Yeah. Um, she used the carriages and, and horses, and uh, through her life, she saw the men going on the moon and, and, and planes and cars. And there is one thing in particular that I, I would like to ask you about this, this, this incredible period. And uh, um, one of my favorite philosophers is, is Nietzsche, and he always talks about values um, and how. Um, the the value of, of men um, um, he, he would probably say they, they uh, th there is a um, 
they're kind of getting destroyed and and there isn't any 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 be, uh, belief anymore in in uh, uh, su superior f forces uh, he summarizes with the with the phrase God is dead is probably one one of the yes. most uh, best phrases that summarizes it have you felt this do, do you believe in this or or uh, do you believe in in uh, in this idea that uh, human values uh, are are kind of um, uh, not founded on anything uh, uh, fundamental anymore or or, or 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 you don't and if you experience this in your life well the first thing i think i have to say on that is that Speech is really rather an inadequate medium yes. for translating physical ideas. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, you, as uh, I think it was shown in the 19th century, you cannot explain a sped-back system. Mm. There's no way to explain it. Uh, so, in other words, st you start off life without being explained yeah. to explain your sir yeah. or the earth or anything important. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but people kid themselves into thinking they can explain it. Yeah, and that's where I think the universities need massive reform. Mm -mm. Uh, it's really got to go. Uh, yeah, the, the, the linear teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aristotle was wonderful, but <laughs> he, <laughs> more to it. Than yeah, a, a, a too strong of an influence on uh, on uh, Western thought, uh, definitely. Right. Um, but. Uh, but so also um, an another thing that, I, that, I, that I'd like to ask about uh, your life is that um, um, you, you've always been a, a, an, an independent thinker and, and scientist and uh, 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 I mean you, you've worked for um, uh, very uh, big names like uh, NASA um, and, and, and Shell and, uh, uh, and you've been in close touch with, the, with the traditional academic uh, circles. Uh, but in the same way, you you uh, you also been a, an independent scientist, and uh, as we were saying before, you uh, you built your own uh, house laboratory. Um, one thing I wanted to ask is, um, um, were more the the advantages or or the disadvantages of this choice, and uh, and uh, and also, do you think it is still possible today to be an independent scientist, or or is is um, uh, or is the world becoming too much of a complex place? Do you, I, do you know, I honestly don't know. Mm. You, first of all, you've got to have the inclination to do it and the, the, the uh, faith in your ability to mm. do it. You see, when uh, I went independent in uh, 19... When was it? 60-something. Uh, um, I... I I'm very bad at numbers. Uh, I, I can't do arithmetic. <laughs> I failed all examinations in arithmetic. But I'd find no difficulty in calculus, quantum mm -hmm. theory, and more complex <laughs> mathematics. It's just adding to numbers together. They're not the same thing. They're quite, they're quite different in a way. How they yes. are, they're, <laughs> so um, I go more by feel than, than uh, numbers and explanations. So that... <laughs> That's important to know about me. Yeah. Um, the other thing which I think is terribly important, I was very lucky in the people I've met. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps in those days, way back in the 1920s and so on, there were less 
significant people in the world mm. altogether. I mean, one of the there, there were less people in the world in general, in I guess. General, <laughs> yes, and uh, one of the influential people for me was a man called uh, uh, they called him Papa Papa Leakey, mm. uh, the founder of the Leakey family. That mm. was a lot that included a lot of. Uh, archaeologists and scientists who discovered about early man and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he, I was a boy of only about eight years old and I'd been given uh, a book for Christmas on how to make your own radio receiver mm -hmm. that could receive uh, messages or, or uh, broadcasts from Australia mm -hmm. and you could make it quite easily for very little expenditure. And I was explaining this to him and quite excited about <laughs> it. And he grew equally excited because he wanted the world to learn Esperanto. Mm. Uh, uh, and then there would be no wars. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody could communicate that. Yeah. A well-intentioned <laughs> idea which would never have worked. <laughs> and, but he thought this radio would be a way of uh, mm -hmm. doing it. So he, he gave me a lot of kind of encouragement. Um, so what I went home after this Christmas seeing him and uh, sold my stamp album mm. for 10 shillings, <laughs> which is what, 0.5 pounds mm -hmm. in those days, um, and uh, bought all the components to make a radio receiver and did so according, according to these instructions. This was between 8 and 9 and uh, it's an important period of life, I think. and. Uh, before long, I was able to receive the Australian transmissions mm. on VK2ME, <laughs> that was their call sign. Incredible. And uh, uh, hear the news of Australia. I wasn't interested in that, but in the achievement. And most of all, it gave me a chance to feel, actually feel in my body, what negative feedback was, mm -hmm. positive feedback, mm -hmm. because the amplification was done by feeding back the signal received mm -hmm. uh, from the single tube that was used to amplify the signal, feeding it back to the beginning mm -hmm. so that you could just, there was no limit to so, how much you could gain you could yeah. get. And that, that's what enabled me to hear the uh, less than microvolts mm -hmm. of uh, radio frequency radiation coming from Australia. Yeah. Um, and uh, but it gave me it that that physical concept feedback as a as a feeling, mm -hmm. and I think that a term has been and uh, I, I, and 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 um, uh, reading from your books, uh, it, it's a concept that remained uh, um, in your uh, in your view of the world. Uh, it, it's a very yes. important concept, yes. uh, and. Uh, We'll talk in a bit about Gaia and... Uh, and uh, so the idea that Gaia could... Set, the system could sense the presence of too much carbon dioxide mm. and then feed back... Yeah. Uh, but it's beautiful how, um, how s such important ideas can come from a very simple experience, uh, yeah. just from... A, and, uh, and, and you experience what uh, Guglielmo Marconi... Uh, also experienced when uh, uh, when he communicated with the uh, w w with with the America 
and oh, yes. um, and you 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 talking in your in your book about um, two very important uh, moments in uh, in in, um, in in the recent history, and one being the 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 pump for getting water out of uh, out of mines, uh, which is what got us into the um, Anthropocene. And and then you mention uh, uh, Guglielmo Marconi for uh, um, the first um, uh, fast transmission of, uh, of of information. And um, um, I, I have to say, since reading your book, uh, it, it changed my the way I, I'm looking at the world. And uh, I'm noticing uh, um, I, I realize how uh, communication is given uh, and the, the speed of communication. Uh, is given for granted and uh, um, but 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 it's actually something that is that is um, incredibly recent and uh, and changed uh, the contemporary world uh, well, it's completely. extraordinary you should say that because it was one of the from my point of view I thought it'd be one of the least successful books I'd ever written <laughs> because uh, shortly after I started I, I fell ill mm. I caught some infection that was going on, not COVID, mm -hmm. something kind of different, but similar, mm -hmm. uh, a virus of some sort. And uh, I was somewhat sick and disoriented for, oh, I think nearly six months. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally they found an antibiotic that killed the bug and uh, I, I grew better again, <laughs> like now. But I hadn't expected uh, never seen to carry on. It was inspired initially because I got fed up with Hollywood and American mm -hmm. writers forever regurgitating Carol Chepik's book, you, that the Czech, you know, who wrote Rotten's Universal Robots in ah. 1920, oh, okay. at a hell of a time ago. Yeah. And they hadn't changed anything. They yeah. kept on about this. And I, I thought, oh, to hell with it. Evolution is a little bit it's slow, but <laughs> that, that's true. That's true, but um, uh, hence the word novice. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, I, I I find it an incredible, uh, a beautiful, uh, um, beautiful concept, and um, 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 and 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 we talk about the concept of of speed and um, um, and how um, different. Parts of the world are becoming um, faster. Uh, first was uh, transportation um, becoming faster uh, during the Industrial Revolution. Uh, then it was communication uh, with information. Uh, and it, it, it's not only that um, certain aspects of, of uh, the human world are, are becoming faster, but it's also that uh, uh, they are becoming, it seems now that they're becoming um, exponentially faster. And it seems like, um, for example, uh, scientific discoveries uh, in the early, um, in the early 20, 20th century, uh, there were some, some, some great names and, 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 and some important discoveries um, but in in the modern world, there are so many scientists now that are making uh, trivial, trivial, many trivial discoveries. Yes, yeah. um, but 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 in a way, um, especially technology is something that is uh, 
um, that is growing uh, uh, faster and faster. Some people say that we reached uh, a saturation point where there's too, ma too many trivial um, discoveries and, uh, and science is becoming a, a, a bit too much uh, tied to uh, issues like uh, publishing papers and, and getting funds. Uh. Well, I think there's, there's a fundamental difference. Up until the last war, mm -hmm. uh, most of good science came from Europe. Mm -hmm. And I think among scientists in Europe, there was a, a much higher moral standard. Uh, the, if you, if you uh, scientists anywhere reported result measurements of some kind, you could usually rely on them. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, they, they were as accurate as he could make it, and sometimes if they were wrong, it was not his fault, there was a f factor. But once the war was over, America and Russia and other countries took over dominance from Europe. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, as a result, uh, what mattered was getting ahead, winning. Mm. Uh, accuracy was unimportant. It didn't matter how you won, as long as yeah. if you won, then that was it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that was particularly true in America. And I counted that continuously. There, it didn't mean that there weren't a lot of damn good scientists in America who really worked properly and were well in the European tradition, but an awful lot of them were, were just I'm going to win at all costs. <laughs> yeah, it, it, Hell with the opposite. Yeah, and it's beautiful how you, you describe how, how different science was during the war. Uh, this idea of uh, working towards a, a kind of a specific aim and, and kind of unifying science together. It, it didn't matter what, uh, uh, what the background was. The, the important thing was, uh, uh, was the result. And, and, and you also uh, were, um, first studied medicine. Um, uh, but, and, and then um, focused on, on chemistry for... Uh... You could do anything. Yeah. Uh, no, it was an extraordinary institute. Um, I was unbelievably lucky. Uh, I got a quite poor degree mm -hmm. at Manchester, but I was given the job before the degrees were awarded. <laughs> so <laughs> nobody checked. <laughs> yes. And uh, it so happened that my professor, the one that called me a cheat initially, uh, was the son-in-law of the president of the Royal Society. Okay. And uh, his, his father-in-law said, he, if you've got a student we can rely on as being accurate and whatnot in measurements. So he said, well, yeah, I've got just the one. It's a bit weird. <laughs> I, I, even though he thought And I cheap. got the best job of all yeah. the students. <laughs> the, the, the National Institute was a, oh, it's a brilliant place. Hmm. No, absolutely. Um, but there's, there's, um, there's something also uh, I wanted to uh, talk to you about is uh, you, you are um, one of the most in, uh, in influential um, um, uh, people on, on, on the issue of uh, climate change. Um, I wouldn't have thought so. Sorry? Well, how, why, how do you come to that? <laughs> well, um, I would say that... Um, uh, first of all, uh, many, many um, important, uh, I, I would say, uh, journals rec recognize you as such, but, but also um, by, by reading 
um, when when you talk about the uh, the, the conception of um, of the idea of uh, of climate and the biosphere and uh, and it's, uh, and the effect that um, uh, well, it's one subject, I think. Is yeah. the thing. Not not ten or twenty different ones. No, 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 no. Absolutely. But I, I, I would say just. Um, uh, I think that you you played a vital uh, you played a vital well, role. Thank you. That's yeah. a kind compliment. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> well, I'm amazed. <laughs> I mean, look, we live in a very yeah. uh, you might always call it what we call working class yeah. uh, uh, life, and uh, we're not rich. We're but we're very happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, no, absolutely. And uh, uh, for example. Um, uh, your electron capture detector uh, was uh, one of the instruments that helped realize the effect that uh, uh, humans and human products have on on on, on the world on, on Earth. Oh, I know it was. I mean, Rachel Carson's story was confirmed by mm-hmm. it because there was nothing to confirm it mm-hmm. before that. It, and Rachel Carson would probably have been buried by the vested interests of. Uh, manufacturers and whatnot to continue to make their yeah. pesticides. Yeah. Um, incidentally, uh, I worked. That was. Uh, she wrote her book at the time I would just started working as a science advisor to Lord Rothschild, who mm. was head of Shell Shell's mm. uh, science stuff, and uh, I was amazed to find that Shell did stop making deodorant immediately mm. that uh, her book was published mm. and uh, you know they they agreed with her and as Rothschild said uh, yes she's right but I wish she hadn't been so emotive about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah yeah because um, one thing about the the the, the topic of, of uh, climate change is that um, um, it's a very it's a very heated debate, and uh, emotions play uh, a very big role in this uh, in this debate. Um, you you also talk about the uh, the fact that um, it, it is not necessary that um, um, uh, big multinationals are are evil just just for for the fact that even that they produce petrol because. Um, I mean, pe- petrol uh, and and um, carbon emissions are are dangerous for the climate, but they are what have built this society and and what they uh, they, they br- brought us the the means even to understand yeah. our effect uh, on the world, and um, and so I, I I would like to ask you what what you think of of the debate of climate change, how how it evolved. You talk about the the greens after the war. Well, I think it's because of the division of science. Mm. Uh, I've worked a lot with meteorologists. One of my favourite scientific institutes in the world is NCAR. That's the place at Boulder in mm. Colorado in America. That It's a wonderful place. It's well worth visiting if you can get there sometime. <laughs> it's set, set up on the side of the Rocky Mountains. Amazing. And it, it's, it was designed by that architect I.M. Pei uh, and beautifully constructed. It's, it's something mm. to be proud of from the view of science. And uh, I had many friends, or have had there, not now, because they've, they've moved on. But... Um, 
It was a wonderful place. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're still producing views on climate change, which are much more like my own. In fact, I had to give their 25th anniversary lecture there that was on Gaia. Mm -hmm. And it was at a time when it was very unpopular academically. Yeah. <laughs> and Encar got it published for me. Yeah. So. Uh, can you uh, can I ask you in in uh, in, in a f if you can in in, in a few words uh, or briefly to explain uh, uh, what uh, Gaia is to to people who have never heard about it? What uh, could I ask you to explain what Gaia is in a few words to people that oh, yes, have not yes, heard about yes. it? Well, <clears throat> I see Gaia as a complex feedback system. Not as complicated, probably, as you are, because mm -hmm. uh, you are a fed-back system of <laughs> magnificent operation, <laughs> operating properties. Um, and uh, it, it has kept the Earth fit for life for at least three billion years, mm -hmm. which is an incredible time. And during that time, the sun has increased its output of heat by at least 30%. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, that should have wiped out all life on Earth, mm -hmm. or, or made it possible, according mm -hmm. as to where you start. Or, um, if uh, you started off like now, it would certainly have wiped it all out. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. if it was frozen solid yeah. three million years ago, it might have warmed it up enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but in, in fact, um, uh, something that is uh, often mentioned in the debates um, about climate change is the fact that um, uh, some some people like to argue that uh, um, the the world increases and decreases. I mean, this is true that the world increases and decreases its temperature independently of um, uh, the effect of uh, of humans, and that it had reached very very high and very low temperature uh, even even before um, the the appearance of the of the Homo sapiens species, um, and um, so uh, you have a, um, a, a a beautiful particular view, in part, uh, especially where you say that um, the Earth could uh, um, could resist even a five or ten degree increase in temperature, um, but the the e issue would be. Um, on on the Earth becoming more fragile, Gaia becoming more fragile in the event of, for example, um, asteroids or or, or volcanoes uh, eruptions. Um, so yeah, if you could, more vulnerable. Uh, yeah, more vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so um, how how much is the heating of uh, of the Earth due to um, the human cause, and how much is it due to uh, natural, natural physiological changes. Well, I think it's entirely human, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I, I'm fairly sure, having worked with the uh, petroleum industry, uh, with Shell and with our others in America over the years, that uh, the the amount that petroleum products are used in civilization generally, right across the world, regardless of politics or mm. anything. Uh, they all drive the same cars and fly the same sort of <laughs> airplanes. And uh, it, it is just changing the atmosphere, or was, so much that uh, it's it threatened. Mm. And, uh, cha you know, changes outside 
um, the interests of the planetary system, Gaia, uh, are happening. Hmm. And uh, you can see, in our bedroom window, looks out on the sky and we can see the dawn yeah. with the sun just off on the that side. Yeah. And uh, when we first came here, the sky was one mass when it was clear mm-hmm. of contrails from airplanes flying yeah. across. And uh, almost you couldn't see anything. <laughs> uh, you could see the stars or the moon or anything mm. like that. Uh, but now it's almost clear Mm-mm-mm. because of the COVID has uh, yeah, not stopped the airline travel. So I think it's quite simple. It's, it's not so much the petroleum companies that are at fault. They behave fairly well, I think, on the whole. It's the uh, money interest, um, the you know. The, yeah. The the exchange between um, politics and science is, is very interesting. Um, you, uh, you mentioned, for example, um, the importance of nuclear energy and... Um, how, I have no doubts on that. Yeah, how, ben, how beneficial it would, uh, it would be, um, and um, especially because uh, it would decrease the carbon emissions and... Uh, <clears throat> and well, stop them altogether. Yeah, stop them altogether. Um, and, 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 and also uh, the... Um, um, how can I say? The, the waste that is produced is, uh, is uh, controllable and, and, and uh, is... Uh, uh, the, the damages can, can, can be limited, uh, for example. Um, but it's something that is not very politically... Um, well, have you... Well, you know France. I mean, it's just yeah. the next country. <laughs> you, if it, uh, we were, Sandy and I, were taken round the French nuclear mm. installations by uh, a company called Areva. Mm. You probably know of them. It's one of the French nuclear companies. And... Uh, we saw the, all of them in operation all round, and it's just nonsense hmm. about the, that it'd be impossibly costly to bury safely the hmm. nuclear waste. We stood on 25 years <laughs> of nuclear waste that the French have buried, <laughs> and I had my own handheld radiation monitor, and the radiation level was not much higher than in here. Yeah, yeah. It's negligible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and it wasn't a problem at all. It's just lies. Uh, but how all lies have been yeah. told about nuclears and anything. Yeah. Look at Chernobyl. Hmm. It's only got to emit a few neutrons and they'll yeah. make a screaming fuss about yeah, it. Yeah. Where <laughs> you can have an accident like Bhopal in India, which is simply chemical, mm-hmm. and uh, no, nobody even has heard yeah, of it now. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean... Um, as, as, as I was saying, the, um, do, do you think that uh, politics needs more, more science and governments need more scientists working with them? Because the, the world is becoming an incredibly complex uh, place and uh, it, it seems like there, um, with, with, I mean, with uh, climate change, um, renewable energies, um, but even just the, the number of human beings and, and organizing um, s- such a complex system that is the... Well, they can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's ridiculous. It, 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 it's most unfair to expect politicians to be capable of handling mm. climate change. Yeah. It's a very complex subject. And uh, the scientists can't handle it. 
So it, it's ridiculous to yes. expect the politicians to. So they get it all wrong. They're bound to. Yeah. And the one thing that impresses the politicians is money. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, that's what's the ruling force, uh, I, I think, in climate change. And, and another thing that... Um, uh, um, another thing that is uh, controversial at the moment is, uh, um, especially in, in America, where um, th there is a, a lot of money that is invested in uh, space exploration, and, and this is also another topic that is um, um, uh, politically difficult. Um, and now uh, you even uh, you even mentioned Elon Musk in your book and. Uh, uh, he, I didn't mention... You, you mentioned Elon Musk and... Uh, oh, yes. The, um... Well, he's being paid by the government yeah. <laughs> yeah, to put people up on the yeah, space yeah, station. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's all right. He's a good businessman. <laughs> I thought at first he was a nutcase. <laughs> because no, absolutely. Who wants to live on Mars? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, and uh, and and so I I'm, I mean you you worked closely. Um, uh, I mean you worked at NASA on especially uh, missions for. Uh, mi I was almost the second person from Europe mm, to exactly. go to NASA in, in the in the Vikings mission for uh, finding yeah. uh, life. They wanted a small device that mm -hmm. could detect. Uh, yeah. Chemicals on Mars and Venus. Exactly. Uh, so you you know very well how the atmosphere is on Mars and how uh, how life could. Uh, um... Well, it's ten times less pressure than the top mm. of Everest. <laughs> so the the only way to live there would be in caves and uh, um, and, and and so I wanted to ask you: um, Do you think uh, it makes sense to uh, try to make uh, humanity an inter? planetary species or is it too early to try and uh, uh, colonize another planet? I, I think it was quite important to get a, a good idea of what conditions on Mars were like but you didn't need to go into the depths so mm. to speak. You get, well, just, I mean you can do it but it's not, I wouldn't put it as top priority mm. measurements. Yeah. Much more important was finding out about our own ocean. Yes. Because that is what really... And most people and most scientists don't know that the maximum temperature you could have for the Earth is somewhere in the 40s Celsius, mm -hmm. which is quite low. I mean, not enough to yeah. kill cells. Is it, and, and it's an average, you mean average, 40 degrees average on the whole Earth, right? Uh, you, you mean uh, an average temperature uh, of yes. Earth? Yeah. Um, I think D John Horton a long time ago showed that if the water temperature reached 47 Celsius mm. uh, around the planet, we would become like Venus quite mm. rapidly. Because and the infrared absorption of water vapour is a good bit stronger than that of CO2. Yeah. So as it goes up, then there would be positive feedback mm -hmm. once you reach forty-seven. And uh, and and with positive positive feedback, you you need that the temperature would keep rising without any and it damping. And become superheated yeah. steam. Yeah. As the atmosphere. And the thing most people don't know is that rocks dissolve mm. in superheated yeah. steam, <laughs> incredible. Uh, just as if it was yeah. salt in water, but and uh, that would be disastrous. Mm. And you also say that um, um, 
the the image of Earth from space was something that really changed your your view on on uh, on, on Gaia and on the Earth and um, uh, and, and and this is also connected I think to um, uh, also to me the the, the thing that uh, I, I find incredible when I when I look at pictures from space space is the the amount of water that there is on Earth and how yes. much more water there is on Earth than well as Arthur Clarke said what was it this it shouldn't be called Earth, it should be called ocean. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly, absolutely. Uh, but but us, to us it, as humans in our daily life, it's, it, it seems that there is... Um, I mean, Earth is much more important to us, of course. Uh, and you say that it's important to explore the oceans rather than uh, exploring space. Um, and, and, there is, and there is very little that we know about the oceans yet. And... Uh, uh, what do you think that might come from from such uh, uh, from understanding the oceans that could help us in uh, uh, dealing with climate? I think change? the main thing is we don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because it's uh, it hasn't been explored mm. enough. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be full of surprises. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also another thing that I w that I was curious. Um, uh, do you think that the concept of Gaia um, might expand to I? Uh, multi-planetary ecosystem. L let's say that humans or uh, or um, cyborgs will start colonizing other other planets. Do you think a waste of time. Would be a waste of time completely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the other problem that that's much in my mind is that um, there are too many people on Earth hmm. already. Yeah. And uh, if we go on expanding, it becomes impossible. Mm. And uh, the appearance of COVIDs, I think, is not inconsistent with Darwin's picture of evolution. Mm. Um, the plagues will become more frequent. One saw the experiment was done in a way with rabbits mm -hmm. when they were, were introduced into Australia and yeah. spread in huge numbers. Yeah, um chaos theory uh, often talks about um uh this idea of of uh, of regulation and uh um and uh, also you worked on a simulation called uh, daisy world uh where you were trying to show the effect of uh, uh biology on on the whole right. planet's atmosphere do you know um, I, uh, there's a story there which don't, most people don't know um in 1990, uh, I produced a model uh, which had, you could have as many species as your mm. computer could handle. I had a hundred in it uh, <laughs> at three trophic levels, mm. um, you know, foxes, rabbits and grass, if mm -hmm. you like. They're all le levels. And uh, this model regulated perfectly. It mm. showed no signs of chaos or anything mm. whatever. I sent it to the... and uh, it showed you how the climate was affected, the wind was affected, all sorts of things. And uh, I sent it to the Royal Society uh, because I'm a member of them and uh, expected it would be published. It wasn't. It was rejected by all the peer reviewers. Incredibly. Why? <laughs> uh, uh, it was published uh -huh. because the president at the time, uh, Robert May, was not only a biologist, he was a you know, significant biologist of populations and so on, 
he was also an engineer mm. originally, and uh, he he could see it, yeah. uh, and he said, "No, it must be published." And it was. Do do, uh, do you remember what programming langu language uh, you used for the simulation? Yes, uh, the um, what was it? Uh, Fortran. DOS. Ah, DOS. Okay. Yes. Yes. Well, the, uh, slightly improved version of DOS. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I couldn't stand any of the others. They yeah, <laughs> there's. Um, um, I, th I did, did it in C as well, mm. just to because I thought they criticized DOS as best. Yeah, <laughs> the 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 first programming language they taught me in university was uh, was Fortran. And uh, it's That's funny. awful. Yeah, they called it the, the Latin of uh, programming languages. But... <laughs> Latin. It's a disgrace. Yeah. I mean, Latin is a beautiful language. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I wish I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But, oh, uh, no. Huh. Um, the electron capture detector mm -hmm. is a, a nasty uh, second-order reaction in chemistry. Mm. And uh, you can't it can't do it in anything other than calculus, and uh, for that I bought uh, a computer, simple computer that used assembly language, mm. and had to program in in that. In the you could do it. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, um, yeah. Also, I mean, uh, computers and 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 smartphones are 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 two things that also radically changed. Uh, uh, the the contemporary world. Um, well, your brain does it that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's digital. Yeah. Well, not digital, but I mean, it uses <laughs> some other unit, binary problem. Yeah, but for example, you say that um, um, computers are 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 built uh, to work in a, a linear logical fashion, um, and um, and um, you. Uh, often talk about how most of your discoveries don't come from linear logic but come from intuition. Uh, That's right. I, this is something that I, I, I find amazing and I don't think I quite fully understood. What, what, what do you mean by this? By, oh, well, the, the Aristotelian logic that on nearly everything is based mm. uh, is, is false, of course. Mm. It can't explain anything that's a feedback system. Mm -hmm. And lots of other things it can't explain, uh, but this is just glossed over, yeah. and people pretend they can explain it, and they can't. Mm. And that's why all there's such a quarrel over Gaia. But I would say something um, uh, probably a, uh, a a great benefit of uh, linear logic and Aristotelian logic is uh, um, the uh, the how easy it is to communicate. Uh, to communicate between between people, and if I uh, if I follow a linear thought, um, someone someone else can can follow it, and and I, I, it seems like this is what's at the base. It's not necessarily mm. true. I think we can think outside linear uh, because we understand feedback systems in 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 a human sense. Mm -hmm. We know what we're doing when we put our arm up to catch a ball, yeah. which is a pretty complex set of things yeah. when you think yeah. about it. Yeah, that's true. And uh, whatever hardware you've got at the back of your eyes is doing a very good job yeah. getting your hand into exactly the right position mm. to catch the ball. 
Yeah, but in fact, um, the, the I think there is um, there is more and more um, a realization of um, how reality is 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 so complex and even too complex for uh, for for linear thinking and uh, the the theory and the science of complex systems. So, no, yeah. the, only, the only qualification I make there is complex is probably not the right word because it makes people think in their minds, oh, it's difficult to mm. do anything yeah. else. It isn't. It's much more natural to think in the yeah, uh, multidimensional that's way. That's true, that's true. That's how your brain works. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's like being tied yeah. down to linear. But that's true, but and and there is kind of a, a realization that um, uh, kind of uh, linear thinking. Uh, it, it feels like we're reaching the limits of uh, of linear thinking, or at least we're recognizing uh, that there is something more. That uh, that is probably what we, you you talk about when you talk about intuition. Um, but this is something that is difficult to. Um, uh, it's difficult to explain to talk about because we're so used to use uh, linear logic for for explaining concepts. For it's doing just science. like the old-fashioned religion. Mm. It it needed, you know, bringing up to date, and still it does all the time. Mm. And the same is true of the universities, the academic thinking. Mm -hmm. um, the linear was good for quite a while, mm. but then it, it reaches its limits, and we should have started thinking much more in terms of the complex systems that really exist. Mm -hmm. um, how, how do you think um, more intuitive thinking can be, can be, for example, thought or included? Oh, in... quite easy. Mm -hmm. like, of the example I gave you earlier of the building of radio set mm. uh, when I was a boy of about eight years old. It, it, and the other factor is, I think, before puberty, one mind is much more receptive mm, mm. of uh, learning how how to understand linear thinking. Mm. Sorry, uh, mm. uh, complex thinking, mm. uh, and not so good at linear thinking. Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, but once you pass puberty, then uh, it's much more a matter of relationships between people mm. in all sorts of ways, and uh, this limits. The, the, the more complex yeah. thinking. So but the time to learn is before 14 years old. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Plato said that uh, in order to build uh, a, a new um, utopic society, he would have had to kill all of the, ch all of the people older than, I think, 14 <laughs> yes, years old or that. something like that. Because Not only him, but the Jesuits too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That, so that that's probably the right age. Um, but um, yeah, I mean the um, uh, the understanding of, of the of the human mind is something that uh, um, it's um, it, quite 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 complicated, I would say, and it's something that uh, especially in, uh, in since the twentieth century. Um, has evolved very very quickly. Um, I think we we can start uh, recently with the with Freud and the discovery of the subconscious, for example. Uh, but another, another a, a book I don't know if you ever heard of um, uh, Daniel Kahneman, Thinking Fast and Slow, where he talks about two uh, two levels of thinking, where one is um, one is as you say intuitive and and very quick and fast, and the second one is where is the armchair thinking where you use uh, 
um, kind of a, a more logical and step-by-step -step thinking. Uh, but these are all uh, kind of models of the mind where we try to, to frame thinking. Um, do you, what do you think about these, uh, uh, these, these theories of how the mind works and do you have your own idea of uh, how, how our, our, our brains and our mind uh, uh, emerges? I, th I think you're not giving me time. <laughs> I, I, I need a long time to think about that one. Um, it, uh, what comes to my mind immediately, it isn't your brain that gets them, it's your senses. Mm. Uh, uh, and you, you know immediately anything. So if, if you touch something or if you uh, hear something or, or uh, see... It, it all all goes into the mm -hmm. digi whatever it is. It's not digital. It's a binary system in your brain and uh, gets processed. Um, but mm. it, 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 I don't think you could, linear language is a very good way of mm. talking about it. Yeah, not, not appropriate. <laughs> uh, for for example, uh, one 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 idea that I found very beautiful about um, um, your concept of uh, cyborgs is uh, the fact that um, they might communicate uh, in a non-verbal uh, manner. Yeah. Um, and uh, m maybe I can ask you to um, explain what you mean with cyborgs, uh, because I think you have a very uh, particular definitions, because usually cyborgs are, um, are considered half uh, bodily, I would say half uh, human, half machines. Um, but you use the name cyborgs for um, uh, kind of fully artificial beings, right? Yeah. Uh, what, 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 what is your definition of a, of a cyborg? Too much. Sure. <laughs> I don't know what they'd look like yeah. or how big they'd be. <laughs> uh, it, well, I could say they'd have to be a hell of a lot bigger than uh, a, mi a microorganism, for mm. example. Because the microorganism couldn't have enough stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and, uh, I think it need necessarily be a lot bigger than a human mm. or a horse, but um, it would have to be fairly large. Mm. Oh no, that's wrong. Because look at computers. They shrunk, shrunk. That's shrunk, true. And you've that's got a, a, an apple or something yeah, in true. your pocket. It's uh, smaller and smaller. Uh, it's yeah. bigger than the mainframe was. Yeah, <laughs> but um, um, yeah, I mean, uh, the the idea of artificial intelligence is um, um, I, I got very interested in artificial intelligence because it seems to me that in the effort of trying to build uh, an intelligent machine. Uh, we're getting closer to understanding uh, how the machine that we have in our head, which is the, the brain, works. And, uh, uh, for example, deep learning is a, is a great revolution that is happening. Have you met Dennis Hazardous? No. Ah, uh, Dennis Hazardous, yeah. You the head of uh, DeepMind. Yes. Yes. He came here oh. uh, some time ago. I was much impressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And... Um, uh, they're probably the, the biggest name in the in the artificial intelligence community, um, and uh, the the thing I like about Demis Sasabis is that he's a neuroscientist. Uh, he's he has a PhD in neuroscience, uh, even though he's working on on machine learning. And uh, 
this kind of confirms this, this idea I have that um, uh, neuroscience and machine learning are extremely connected. Um, but also st studying machine learning, I felt like the brain is, uh, uh, is more similar to a machine and kind of less m magical that we might have thought. Uh, do you think there's something special about human beings? Do you, do you think there's something like a soul or, or magical or, or do you see it as a, uh, or do you think that a machine might become as, um, as human as, as a human being? I don't like the word machine used mm -hmm. here. It, it, it's too much uh, a construction mm. that people think they can describe in a linear language yeah, exactly. and they can't. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, you see, it would re really what you want to compare is not a machine, it's a machine working. Mm -hmm. uh, once it's turned off, it's as dead as any other thing. Yeah. Um, so, and it's a yeah. working thing, it's a different state. Ha Maybe uh, a dynamical system would be a better name, or uh... it's getting closer. Yes. Yeah. I don't think we. You see, well, speech is rotten. Mm. Uh, we just can't yeah, exactly. coin the words for a um, concept like that yeah. because there's no way it's going to get it. But do you think that, um, for example, uh, there might be a silicon-based life rather than a carbon-based one or a silicon-based intelligence or do you think that there's something special about uh, about uh, carbon-based biological beings? I think it's just convenient mm. it's it's uh, like you wouldn't build a computer without conductive materials mm -hmm. to convey the signals uh, yeah. uh, by electrons along, the, along it um, you could, I mean, you could make one out that works by light, uh, or you could make one that works by flows of fluid, all sorts of things like that. You just choose the one that works best. Hmm. Um, oh, this is the most enlightening uh, conversation we're having, I, I think. Um, it, you, thank yes. you very much. I, I meet a lot of people. And there are very few with as much understanding. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's, it, it, it is a pleasure, I have to say, because um, I think um, w what uh, really um, got me, surprised me in your book is um, how, I would say, how open your mind is. It's like you don't give anything for granted. Well, nobody tells me what I can think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, I think this is the most beautiful uh, uh, thing possible for, for thinking. Well, that's what you should aim for. Yes. And but, it looks to me as if you are. Oh, thank you. But uh, do you have any, any suggestions for uh, someone that would like to follow your path and, and, and becoming an independent thinker or even an independent scientist? I don't think anybody can follow my path for mm. a simple reason. You can't go back yeah. to where I was when mm. I started on it. Yeah. Uh, everything's changed now. It's mm. a different world yeah. altogether. So you've got to find your own path, mate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, uh, it, it is, I would say, being, uh, I, I hope, at the beginning of a, of, of a certain path, uh, the world seems seems so complex, and decisions seem so important. And uh, um, uh, it, it feels like every choice you make in life might take you on a completely different path. 
and uh, and it's only afterwards that you can look back and and see. That's right. Mm. Well, th there's some obvious tips that mm. you can get. It's get out of speech as fast as you can. <laughs> get out, well, speak, not just speech, but thinking you can express it in words. Mm -hmm. Because it's a rotten language. Yeah. Really, it's far worse than Fortran. Yeah. <laughs> Natural language is uh, worse than uh, artificial ones. Do, do you think art might play a, a role in, uh, in, uh, in understanding reality? Uh, artistic Which? art well yes mm. yes it is and uh, the excellence of an artist is measured by how fluent he is mm -hmm. in, in in that mm -mm -mm. but um and and also um uh, even though for example uh, speaking of natural language and and speech um i was thinking of um, when you talk about how machines might, uh, or um, cyborgs, might communicate in a uh, non-verbal way, yeah. um, maybe with more bandwidth, more information that is uh, passed through, um, but sometimes I feel like um, constraints uh, and limitations are what make something uh, uh, even more powerful, because, for example, when, when you have... Um, uh, when you're limited, you have to adapt to your limitation. And uh, l let's say, for example, um, art. Uh, if you if you're a painter, you have a range of colors. You have a um, you have a, a spe specific borders for your painting, oh, and this is what gives meaning to what you're doing. Do, do you think that constraints um, are useful, or or uh, or we should aim for a kind of a full uh, way of communicating between each other with the uh, with, with no boundaries. Um, well, we should we underestimate, I think, our own of our own brains' capacity to communicate with other brains. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking, yeah. it, but it's speech alone is only part of the story. Yeah. Your expressions and uh, movements, all sorts of things, are, yeah. are giving signals as well. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, this is true generally, I mean, of the, of the brain. Yeah. It's prepared to take in multiple signals. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's it. And uh, I think it's beginning to be felt a bit that, uh, uh, what you call it, diseases like dementia, mm -hmm. which is something I'm always <laughs> afraid of. I'm, I don't want to get demented yet. <laughs> um, is uh, it's because some of the channels of communication are failing, mm. the, the, the rest of them are working all right. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I guess um, is, is particularly um, strong with animals, this feeling of uh, being able to communicate without words. Yes. Uh, um, yes. To, uh, uh, yesterday I arrived at the, uh, in a bed and breakfast uh, nearby and the landlady had a little dog that started uh, barking at me uh, but then I was kind with him and I kind of smiled and it became very very gentle and affectionate oh, and, that's uh, nice. and uh, was it all right the place you were at? yes yes, yes. Very, very beautiful thank you <laughs> um, but things like this makes you wonder about um, uh, the fact that communication is not unique to humans and probably not even consciousness is something that is uh, unique to humans. And uh, um, if consciousness has 
different degrees uh, that might range from uh, ants to uh, mammals uh, and, and humans are kind of the apex of uh, consciousness at the moment. Um, what's your view of consciousness? Do you think there might be higher level of, uh, levels of consciousness that might be achieved by cyborgs? Do you think that humans are a uh, terminal point in, uh, in the humans, in the universe um, uh, rise of consciousness, or do you think there, there's more coming? I don't know. Mm. Um, I kind of wonder, perhaps it's not the right thing to wonder, if the difference between bright people and the dull ones mm. is is actually about the same as between cyborgs and us. Yeah. <laughs> well, it it seems to me that uh, uh, even different people have different degrees of consciousness. Yes, right. Yeah, and um, and it seems to me that consciousness is uh, is really much. It's not something. It's not binary. It's not like you are either conscious or non-conscious, but uh, it is a range. It's a wide range. And, um, um, and, and, and it is also something that is extremely mysterious. I, I think it's probably, um, I, I think it might be the, the, the biggest question of all is uh, what is consciousness? And uh, I, I wonder if, uh, if, if there is an answer. Probably it won't be in natural language. It might be in something, uh, in some higher form of, uh, of thinking or communication. And um, well, that you can be something to think about, yes. <laughs> okay, thank you. Now, but the, the, no, I, I'll give you one too. Yeah, it is the bit of information, mm -hmm. the smallest bit, uh, the fundamental particle of the universe. Yeah, this is uh, this is when uh, there, there is something though that when when uh, um, so information is a very mysterious con concept, um, but I uh, when I try to think of the universe or, or even about consciousness in terms of, um, of bits and, and information theory, um, sometimes I get worried because I think of when uh, um, physicians talked about um, the, uh, kind of... When physicians talked about um, um, steam trains as an analogy for uh, human uh, thinking and human emotions. Uh, and it seems like uh, humans like to use um, technological advances as an analogy for, for reality. And so I, I, sometimes I'm afraid, uh, um, what if, what if uh, when we talk about uh, the bits and information as the fundamental truth of the universe, we are actually being um, influenced too much by the current technology we have and and it's kind of uh, uh we see that the computer can create worlds out of information and so we think that also i think you're right yeah. yes no i agree um no and for the same reason i've suggested i think it's in that book uh that we may be the only intelligence in the on the mm. in, in the universe it's a very particular uh, view i don't and, uh, think they're all open are alien creatures mm. of outer space. I don't believe in them. I don't think there are any. What do you think of statistical arguments about uh, there's too many stars in the universe and too many planets? And the... I don't think it's a good argument. Okay. 
I don't know. I, I'm not going to to sort of go and stand before a blackboard and yeah. try and prove, which I don't think it worked. But uh, there are good reasons for thinking that there's uh, uh, that we are the only ones, mm. at least in the universe that expanded from the Big Bang. Mm. You you talk about the anthropic principle regarding to this, and uh, and that also you say that it influenced your view uh, very much the. Uh, do do you think that humans have something special and and uh, or that there is a um, kind of a teleological um, end to all of this? Uh, are we aiming at something that might be, for example, or, or is everything just completely ca uh, out of chaos and and ca casuality? Well, you've noticed I didn't try to picture in any way the cyborgs. Mm. Yeah. Um, you you I, talk about a sphere was the only idea you, I, you wanted to give. <laughs> I think it's foolish yeah. to try and picture them. I l like to think of them as as different from us uh, as we are from plants. Mm. Uh, uh, and uh, this, of course, conveys the point. You, we need the plants. Yeah. We can't live without them. Yeah. And neither can the cyborgs live without us, at least. Yeah. I want to get that one over. Otherwise, <laughs> the whole thing's going to be too unpopular. Yeah. But, no, that's true. <laughs> but I, I wonder if they will uh, have a desire to, to live or uh, if this is something that is... Uh, um, I mean, there is something... I, I believe that Darwin's theory of evolution is one of the most incredible, um, I would say, perspective on on the force that is guiding all of living beings. Yeah. And uh, the idea of, of selection is, is incredibly powerful. Yeah. Um, but I wonder, I wonder if this is something that is, uh, uh, that is only part of our, um, of our, of biological things or, or Part of our... Sorry, I didn't get the last two words. Uh, I, I wonder if uh, kind of there are... F um, if Darwin's theory of evolution is, is, is part of um, some bigger forces that are... Um, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yes, this is a property of the universe. Yes, exactly. Um, well, yeah. obviously it must be. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, the whole idea of the Big Bang is yeah. correct. Is there something evolving? Yeah, absolutely. There, there, there is a, a beautiful quote that I really like by Leonard Euler, which says, uh, um, which reads, For since the fabric of the universe is most perfect and the work of a most wise creator, nothing at all takes place in the universe in which some rule of of maximum or minimum does not appear. And it seems to me as the universe is kind of a great uh, minimizer or a great maximizer where... Uh, I think it's best not to think about it at all yeah. because it's far beyond our capacity. Yeah, probably. I mean, dash it all. The big... Uh, I mean, I've never got any satisfactory answer. Well, what, what, what was the Big Bang expanding in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But um, I, I guess uh, logical thought uh, cannot give us a, a full answer That's to this. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have a, a last question and then uh, I, I, I leave you. It's, um, uh, I, I'm not sure if you, if you have the answer, but uh, 
it's something that I, I really wanted to ask you is, uh, um, do you think there is a meaning to life or, uh, or, or not? Or, uh, do I think there is a... A meaning a, to life. What does meaning mean? Do you think that um, everything is just moved by chaos or there is some, um, some purpose to everything that is happening? No, I mean, I'll have to think about that. <laughs> I can imagine. Don't I... forget how old I am. <laughs> I didn't react as quickly. No, but I, I wasn't expecting a... I would have been surprised if you gave me the answer to, to the <laughs> meaning of life. I think this, this would become the most famous interview in the world if, uh, if I had the, <laughs> oh, well, the explanation yeah, the meaning of... meaning of life, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can pass on some some uh, feelings. I always thought that once I passed a hundred years old that it would be downhill all the way and that uh, <laughs> there'd be nothing more to think about. Yeah. And, uh, it'd be you know, it's a rather dull view of things. <laughs> but it doesn't work like that. It, it, it's really quite strange. A new idea seemed to come in uh, uh, amazingly frequently. The only thing is uh, my sort of short, what I call short-term memory, mm -hmm. is not as good as it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll forget somebody's name for quite a while and suddenly it'll come back. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. The rest of it stays the same. <laughs> well, thank you very much. This was uh, well, thank a, you. an incredible conversation. It's been a very, very encouraging interview. Thank you. It's, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure, really. Thank you so much.